Hello, Rama. Welcome to Startup Simplified. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, sir? I am good. Very good. Very good. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, to begin with, I would like to tell you that you have a beautiful name. Oh, thank you. It's the only one I have. So you you you, you were telling about your experience of visiting India for the first time. Please <laughs> please tell it again for the yeah. audience. Uh, I went to India for the first time earlier this year. Uh, as I was crossing the immigration, uh, you know, the immigration officer saw my name and then look at my face like, you don't look like a Rama. I know, but thank you for lending <laughs> a very beautiful Indian name that I can use uh, throughout my life. But yeah, it's, I, I really love it. I went to Sikkim. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. In India. Amazing place. I mean, it's, it's it's a very hidden kind of a place. Yeah. Not many people know, but the whole northeast of India is really, so good. really beautiful. So good. Beautiful people. Just uh, landscape is just... It's breathtaking landscape. Right? Amazing. I mean, something I which is like unseen of... I can't wait to go back there. Ah, nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Great, great. So, uh, let's, let's kickstart this. I'm very excited uh, because you bring in two different eras of uh, Indonesia's startup ecosystem, right? So I am very interested and very keen on understanding about the previous era more. This era, we, we, we are living it. So we have some bit of an idea. So let's just, let's just start this with your initial journey. Where did you grow up? So uh, my whole life, I grew up in, in Jakarta. Oh, so you're a Jakarta boy, proper. Yeah. I'm a Jakarta homeboy, never leave. Anywhere else, uh, I love my space. Uh, I love my country. I love my, you know, my my village. I originally I come from um, um, Central Java in Solo. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful place, lots of mountains, just amazing people. Um, but after I went for school when I was like probably six years old, mm -hmm. uh, my parents moved to Jakarta, Jakarta and have been living here ever since. Jakarta is lovely. I mean, absolutely. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. Yeah, it has its. I feel. It has its own life. Uh, for me, uh, whenever I talk about any city or a place, for me, the most important thing is the people. Yeah. Right? That is what makes the city what it is. Yeah. Like some cities are soulless, I feel. I mean, it's because the people are maybe in that groove. With Jakarta, the best thing is the smiling nature of people. Yeah. The, the, how helpful they are. It's it's amazing. I've never seen a city like this before, and it, it doesn't exist anywhere else outside of absolutely in Jakarta. Absolutely, it's so gorgeous. Um, it it's so diverse, yet it captures the essence of Indonesia. True, 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 true. true. Which, you know, it represents Indonesia like absolutely, place. absolutely. So how does how does this whole transition of a young Rama happens who starts off as a full stack developer? Correct. Right. So you start as a full stack developer and then you move to digital marketing and then you become a founder in an era when this was, this all was not that sexy. Correct. Um, right. I, actually, I started way before that. So um, my dad is a programmer, computer programmer. Um, yeah, not a lot of people know this, but uh, my dad's programmer. So I learned to code since I was incredibly young. I learned to code um, seven, eight years old. Um, and which year was this? 92, 91, 82, around that. Um, How many people in Indonesia were coding at uh, that time? <laughs> not a lot, uh, definitely. But my dad was 
very fortunate because he has access to you know computers. I would sometime, um, you know, go to his office uh, on the weekend when he while he was working and uh, got to tinker with. Hey, that's the computer is free. You know, play some games. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I ended up like uh, I remember I accidentally sent um, accidentally a message across all of the computer network in his <laughs> office accidentally. <laughs> And it, it caused a little bit of uh, a panic. And Would have become a meme now, probably, <laughs> probably. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was fun. Um, and then when I, uh, you know, went to to college, of course, that wasn't a a hard decision. I wanted, you know, I wanted to study computer science. Uh, my dad was obviously on board with that. Um, and um, you know, um, when I was about to graduate from from college, um, I get to tinker a lot with. You know, computers with network, with internet, with uh, blogs, which is how kind of daily social got started. Sure. So I initially I was a, a I I have this blog that I used to you know talk about whatever I want uh, about the, the the industry, about school, about you know girlfriend, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and we got to kind of create this community of tech blog or not tech bloggers, uh, just bloggers sure. across Indonesia. Um, and there's a bloggers in Jakarta, bloggers in Jogja, bloggers in other cities in Bandung and, and et cetera. Uh, and we got to, you know, hang out with, uh, you know, all these amazing people that understands technology True. better than most people at that time. And um, those same group of people, besides blogging, some of these people actually own their own uh, uh, internet business. Okay. Uh, they have their own website uh, that does something. I, I remember this one company called Bioscope.com and he just puts videos online and people watch and he would put ads and, uh, you know, all these, you know, social network apps, like all these amazing apps, put ads on it. All way back in 2010, before that, 2006, 07, something like that. Okay. So, and this is a very tight group of people sure. and uh, those guys, you know, like maybe uh, a 20, Two, twenty-three years old, young hustlers, young, uh, have you know, no, no, no problems in life. I would sure. assume, but they're making really good money, obviously, because of the money from advertising. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, I was amazed because no one is covering, like these guys aren't, you know, uh, covered by the media at that hmm. time. Not they're not on TV, they're not on magazines, not on newspapers. Hmm. Like they're nowhere to be found. So sure. that's how I got. The, the inspiration to, to kind of start daily social to uh, start to interview these guys and apparently people like it. So um, yeah. I guess the rest is history. So, okay. So my understanding is that daily social started more of, more from a interview based uh, philosophy. Correct. That you interview these tech folks who are building these apps and websites and more. Correct. But when you started this, you were already working somewhere or you started doing this full-time? How well, did that transition happen? After college, when I started doing all of this, it was merely a side project. Okay. I was working uh, fresh off college. I worked at a few places as a as a, an engineer. Uh, I tinkered with payment modules back in 2008, I think. Mm -hmm. No one knew what payments sure. you know could have been. Uh, at that time, uh, I worked for the Singaporean company um, and... Uh, and then I jump into this, you know, legendary company called Bubu. Uh, so Bubu is one of the earliest internet company in Indonesia. I think they started like 95, 96, something like that. Okay. 
and it has been a legendary company. I even when when I was in college, I participated uh, um, in they have like this web design competition back in two thousand and three, four, something like that. Hmm. I participated. I I won third prize, I think, at some point. Uh, so this this boo boo name was always amazed me back then. So when they they uh, uh they kind of happy the uh, the 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 job opening for this new job called social media uh, officers like what the hell is that yeah, like, yeah, yeah. at that time it wasn't like i, I wouldn't know what social media sure. officers these days but back then it was quite unheard of and yeah. i got to meet with the the founder the ceo Ibushinta, who has been until today my my amazing mentor um and started uh there while growing daily social as well at the same time and uh so you were out there doing digital media digital uh, marketing digital marketing digital so, marketing okay. correct so we basically create digital marketing campaigns mm -hmm. uh for uh, corporate clients for brands mostly okay so, yeah. okay so when did this transition happen of focusing full time on daily social so that at what age number one sure uh, and which year what age i think i was around 20 so i started the company when i was 23 22 23 yeah. um yeah very early and then i got funded my first funding was seed funding when i was 24 okay and uh that's when i decided to go full time so i resigned from booboo.com uh, i you know, told Wishing that like, I'm going to focus on this thing. Like, yeah, I mean, how can I? She's really nice. Sure. She's really cool about it as well. She's very supportive, even until today. So, uh, full time on Daily Social with the seed money that we got from um, back then, uh, they were called Meraputi Incubator, which is now part of the, the GDP Venture uh, affiliate, which is the GDP Venture Group. Um, we were the first batch of their digital investments. Uh, so yeah, it was it was really fun. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I am always very intrigued by by founders on the leap of faith they take, uh, the obsession which which they have about the product. Uh, and I used to wonder if I'll be a ever be able to do that myself, mm. right? Just to give you some context, right? So unlike you, uh. When I started uh, with Kirtatik, I am married. Mm. I've got a nine-year-old son, mm. uh, and I'm an expat, right in Indonesia. Yeah, right. So uh, there are crazy expenses. So now, when I look at the salary which I draw from Kirtatik, I paid more tax every month. <laughs> oh my god! In the salary which I draw, <laughs> right. So there is definitely this whole financial push which you get but there is this very weird emotion which keeps pushing and pushing me mm. i believe that it's it's same for for yeah. different entrepreneurs right what was that core motivation for you because financially i think you were making better money at boo yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right your prospects were better absolutely uh, in terms of growth and yeah. more what pushed you what was that motivation for you i have this belief uh, in a thing called a founder's curse. Okay. I believe that a founder can see a problem and inside his or her head, 
mm-hmm. he or she can see the solution. The solution is obviously this way. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you guys building a solution like this, mm-hmm. right? Even if someone is trying to build a solution, that's not the way. You, you know, it should be. It shouldn't be like that. It should be like this. Whatever it is that is sure. inside him. And it's all in your head, or you're like, no. That's that's the first. That's the first thing that gets you like. Oh, why are you guys it's so stupid? It's very obvious because it's only obvious for you. Sure. It's not obvious for other people. Sure, right. Sure. And um and of course that's that's whatever it is that's inside your head, right? That's probably only twenty percent of the solu- the actual solution required Correct. to solve that problem. You have to go out, meet with people, talk to them and see if it's the actual full one hundred percent solution. So it's not like as simple as that, but it what motivates you to you know what you know what i'll do it myself hmm. let me build it you know then i i believe that's the father's good and this is different than some other people that uh, i believe you know they they i mean it's 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 not fair to categorize all founders into one True. category some people do it for money which is totally fine some people do it for fame which is totally fine as well hmm. and uh some people has these this a curse or the urge sure. to actually come up with a solution that no one yours was the oh. urge you had this very strong urge that you have to do this yeah not not as dramatic though okay. but but i i feel like why aren't these people covering all these amazing entrepreneurs like mm. there's obviously going to be more of these people around the next sure. couple of years right sure. this whole tech thing is it's more than just you know, uh, pirate software and porn. Yes. Bigger than this, you know, yeah, it, yeah. it was it was obvious for me because I've been involved in technology for so long mm-hmm. since I was a little boy. Sure. And uh, so for me, it's an obvious kind of uh, uh, progress. Sure. And uh, whether or not people see it that way, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I have no way to know what's inside their mind. But for me, it was an obvious um, career journey. I'm, I'm going to work in this sector. Hmm. Like, I'm not going to be far from a laptop. Like, sure. I can't. I don't think I can mentally be more than like five meters away from a laptop. <laughs> I need to have it close with me. Were you not worried about the large players which are there in the market, mm. uh, the large media houses? Sure. Were you not worried that it's going to be very easy for them to just start uh, capturing these people? Well, I was young. I wasn't married. I have had a, a girlfriend at that time. I was super young. Uh, I left with my my parents. Uh, made you know enough money. Had have lots of friends. So not much to lose. Exactly. I don't have a lot to lose at that time. You yeah. know what? I, I'll do it. Uh, I wasn't think. I know founders these days. Even when I mentor a founder, yeah. early, yeah, you have to do the research. You know your customers. Do all this. Talk to your. Uh, clients, blah, blah, talk to your customers, know your customers, right? Do your research. I didn't do that. Hmm. Um, and I know it's hypocritical, but it, if I had known at that time, I would have done it. Hmm. But at that time, again, I wasn't exactly the brightest mind. Uh, you know, even in university, I wasn't like super. It took me five years to graduate college. Uh, oh, finally, I meet some. Oh, yes. I, I have done my three years of diploma in five years. So <laughs> failed twice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Validation. <laughs> Validation. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was it was fun uh, during college. Simply because I, I I I I rarely attend classes, but because entering college, I already done numerous apps. I built apps. I built I built 
I made viruses when I was in hmm. in uh, in high school that hmm. got my high school lab shut down. Hmm. And when I was when I when I entered college, they were teaching me like basic algorithms. Like oh, I've known this for quite a while. So yeah. on the second, actually the second year of college, I ended up teaching the third year and fourth year Woo. when I was on my second year. Wow! Uh, but my GPA on the second year was one point five. Because you didn't really memorize that stuff, to write it in the exam. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not proud of it, kids. <laughs> yeah. Not a good example. Yeah. I would still go to school, but yeah, it works out. It it works out. I'm incredibly privileged, incredibly lucky that it all works out. Um, I've been enjoying life, enjoying my. I don't consider it a career. Sure. I got to hang out with some of the brightest minds in the industry. Yeah, I I, so, yeah. I want to touch on this, right? Uh, so. One thing which which probably a lot of people would know about you from the outside is that you have a very large network. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it's visible from your LinkedIn, from uh, from other spaces. So I I basically want to understand that: Have you always been an extrovert who who's able to create a network, mm. or have you worked on it? Um, I'm actually an introvert. So after this, I'm gonna take like six. Hours of for myself kind of me time. I think I think we can be very good friends. <laughs> okay, so you you are you are I kind am. of an introvert. I'm an introvert. I like. Uh, I always tell people this. Um, I've traveled the world. I've okay. been to everywhere. Okay, some of the nicest places on earth. Sure. And in those exact cities, I always stay in my hotel room, put on HBO. Open my laptop, or you know, read a book or whatever, and yeah. then just never leave the room. Sure, <laughs> I I did this in I did this in Venice, Italy. I did this in in you know Germany. I, sure, in the US. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, it it almost feels like I am talking about myself. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it almost feels like the same. I'm a massive introvert, mm. growing up massively introvert. Yeah, just because I was forced into sales. Yeah. Uh, I started yeah. opening up uh, with people, and initially it's faking it, but oh, yeah. gradually I I started enjoying it. Yeah. I started enjoying knowing someone. Mm -hmm. uh, I started enjoying that. Okay, people are fascinating. Yeah. I mean, not all, and not <laughs> every time, but some of them are really fascinating. The way they think, the way they do their job. Yeah, right. It's it's very fascinating. I want to ask you what goes into making of a network. Mm. Okay, so yeah. I give you my theory, and then I want to hear your theory. Okay, what I have learned is, in order to have a large, solid network, one has to support others selflessly, mm. without I without any major motivation. I couldn't agree more, and and. I think that's the basic principle that um, Daily Social has been running for, you know, we've been running for 15 years now. And that's basically the whole motivation of, of it, right? I mean, you know, uh, and for me personally, I always, you know, how can I help? Sure. Right. So that's 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 probably the, the most overused vocabulary. In, in Dennis, my Dennis keeps talking about you, by the way, yeah. about this exactly same attribute. Dennis keeps telling me that whenever I have messaged Parama yeah. and I have asked for anything, he's like, sure, happy to help. Mm. 
if I tell him that I need this, he's like, sure, I'll get it done. If I ask him, can you connect me with someone? Sure, I'll get it done. And without asking anything yeah. in, in return. I think that's the the value that you, that you bring to a, a network. Um, and I don't see that as a, I have to help. It's just like, you know what? I have time. How can I help, right? You sure. know, not, not, but this isn't common with people. With professionals, this is mm -hmm. not common. I think I still have like a, a quid pro quo situation, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And and for me, that's fine. For me, that's fine. It's just that, again, for me, I feel incredibly privileged because for the longest time when I started Daily Social, my mentors are super amazing. Let's talk uh, Let's talk about some of your mentors over here. I, I, the reason why I want to do this is I really want our listeners to understand the importance of having the right mentors. And we'll also talk probably about one or two mentors which, which went the other way. Yeah. Uh, so let's and you can you can you want you're comfortable you can take sure. names. Sure. Let's talk about a couple of them. Sure. How my, they helped you. My number one most valuable mentor would be Anthony Lip. Okay. He is uh he's from GDP Ventures and he's been helping me for for a very very long time. He trusts me and and when I say an investor trusts the founder, nothing like these guys like. These guys are just like super amazing. Uh, whenever we're doing good, he stayed out of the way. Whenever we're doing bad, again, that's the man mantra again. How can I help? I know you're having some challenges. How can I help? Let's catch up, blah, blah, blah. And he's incredibly helpful. And that's actually how I learned to be helpful for other people uh, from, hmm. from Pandoni. And he's been a, a, just an amazing, not just an amazing mentor, amazing uh, investor, but also he's an amazing friend as well. So, and he's super knowledgeable. Knows everyone, probably knows more than than me. Absolutely, um, that's my number one sure. uh, number one mentor. My second mentor that that really incredibly helped me during the first early days of, of daily social is pa Didi Nugrahadi. Didi Nugrahadi is the founder of the Tik. Oh, nice. So it's again, he's done it before. Yes, he knows exactly how to kind of build it from scratch, and uh, he was the one that that uh, uh, taught me about the value of integrity. Sure. That's the only currency that matters in business and specifically in the media business. Absolutely. How, how you know, your integrity. If yeah. people yeah. know that you can be bought, hmm. no matter what you do, you will always get bought. Correct. Correct. If, you, if people know you have integrity, they will trust you and that trust hmm. cannot be bought with, with money. So those two guys are just incredibly, um, you know, incredible mentor for, for me sure. personally. Sure, sure. I mean, it's very interesting that a founder of Datik, who which itself is a very large media house yeah. and uh, I believe one of the best out there uh, and they've been serving Indonesia for a very long time sort of a rival uh, I mean of course they're mammoths uh, you, you were you were starting at, at the time he wasn't active on a day to day basis so okay okay so he was he kind of already left the company okay. yeah. already exit which still is a great a great gesture yeah. Right. That okay. The, here is a budding entrepreneur yeah. who wants to do something slightly different in the media space, something which is not happening yeah. in the media space. Let me come and help him. Yeah. I mean, it requires large heartedness. That whatever I have learned, I want to pass it on. Right. He, he could have said no, and I would have understand. Of course, right? it's too easy for him to say no. Right. Hey, I'm retired, boss. Let me just chill now. Yeah. Right. Why you're bothering me? <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, without taking any name, what is sure. one worst piece of advice you have gotten? Follow your passion. 
Okay. Okay, let's expand more on this. Because that's the exact opposite. Which we, which I know I'll get a lot, of, a lot of flack for this. Uh, yeah. But it's not that I dismiss passion. Mm-hmm. It's important, but it's it's not enough. And a lot of people have uh, left their their good jobs and left their you know left careers um, simply because oh, I don't feel passionate about this. It's not my passion, you know. My passion is something else. Mm-hmm. And then took the wrong turn and just go downhill from, from there. Um, passion is important, whatever it is that you do. Hmm. But it's not the only thing that matters. A lot of people won't care. And honestly, the universe doesn't care about what you're passionate about, right? It, the, the universe doesn't care whether you're happy or not. Sure. Same with people say, it's not fair. You know what? The universe doesn't care if it's fair for you or not. <laughs> true, true. Well, and, and I think it's incredibly... Uh, in a negative way, privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very entitled. Very entitled, right? Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's not fair. Like, who has who said it has to be fair? Um, truth is, you know, we're, now we're talking about business. Truth is, it's it's it will never, never be fair. It can't be. It cannot be, be fair. If it is fair, then no one's going to make money. Exactly, right? So it's the whole point of economic growth or even business progress, right? It's because of that inequality of Sure. Of of opportunities, you have something that other people don't. If you have the same uh, opportunity, that's again you have different level of resources. The guys with most resources will win. Correct. That's that's just the rule of Correct. of life. Um, so if you have to, I feel it's an incomplete sentence. The sentence that follow your passion, I feel it's incomplete. Yeah, it can be completed. Follow your passion with with. Hard work, let's say, for example, hard work. Passion shouldn't be number one. Okay. If you want to follow whatever it is that you do, mm. just deliver your best. That Always deliver your best. Not even the best. That is passion. No, that's not, that's not the same. Even if you don't love it, mm. you can be incredibly good at it. Ah, nice. That is sweet. Yeah. That is and, sweet. And I, I truly believe that. And I've done, uh, and I've seen, you know, from, from my peers, they're not, I know they're not passionate about this. They're passionate about you know, going fishing or hiking or yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. But they can't do that. They can't make money from that. Maybe they can if they put their minds on it. But you know what? I'm here anyway. Let's, let's make the best out of it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, uh, my, dad, my dad always said, like, uh, whatever it is that you want to do, make sure you're the best in the world. Perfect. Perfect. Whatever it is, you want to be a lawyer, be the best lawyer in the world. You want to be a doctor, be the best doctor in the world. You want to be a, a tech guy, be the best tech guy in the world. Right, so whatever it is that you do, um, at one point he even mentioned to my mother's anger, uh, "If you want to be a thief, be the best thief in the world." <laughs> my mother was pissed, obviously, but point is, whatever it is that you want to do, be the best. Right, whether you like it or not, that's you know when when you grow up, you'll have respons- responsibilities. You have kids, you have uh, parents to take care, you have you know families to take care, you have. Uh, employees to take care, and then you're gonna leave that all of that simply because you lost your. I lost the fire inside. You know, I don't think it's it's uh it's too privileged. Right? It's too entitled sure. to go uh, that direction. That is a fair point. Yeah. No. Do you consider yourself to be a good salesman? Uh no, no, no. I I consider myself actually uh, as a. Uh, I know I don't I don't I don't I'm really bad at selling even selling myself um okay so sales has two parts right sure. so one is the hunting part and then another one is the farming part 
right so hunter is basically someone who basically hunts new clients uh sells whatever they are selling and pushes off right and then there is a farmer theory mm. a farmer is someone who will basically seed the idea of product or services which they are selling and keep growing that idea be it through network or whatever right gradually sell it and then still keep farming the account to get more business out upsell. of right upsell cross sell upsell whatever i i i know i'm better selling i okay take on both so sides so many yeah okay on so I, i've taken so many courses on you know how to sell how to do you know everything um mm-hmm. but luckily for me i think i i have value um that that no one else has which mm-hmm. is why we as a company has been um you know uh, uh, attracting clients new clients without without actually you know going to door to door and, and sell stuff sure i'm really bad at it what i'm good at is crisis management super um, important skills super important um and it's again non intentional i have mm. no intention of learning i've never learned about crisis management but somehow um it you know it's someone whenever and this is not just company mm. even when my two of my friends fight each other they would go to meet the media it's like hmm why why do you want to, why why am i i don't want to get into this whole mess but you know the you know and 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 uh, i've mediated so many um conflicts and mm-hmm. as well as resolved crisis in my mm-hmm. personal and professional journey is uh again i'm not passionate about it <laughs> you should right? be but i think a few things why uh people consider me to help them mediate conflict and and uh resolve conflict is because i am calm whenever everyone else is panicking um, mm. again i don't know how that happens sure i'm always the one who say okay let's take a breather let's step back i'm i'm the one who 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 does all of that and uh it's not an, an enjoyable part for me but, but it is the rewarding. end result is enjoyable very rewarding yeah. just to, you know to to resolve i mean it's always good to resolve things i've always liked math so Sure. The end result is like, ah, oh, yes, I got the answers right. That's really cool feeling. Perfect, perfect. Let's let's get a bit nostalgic. I I want you to paint a picture for us about the whole tech environment, tech startup environment, uh, back in two thousand eight until until we had the likes of Gojek and Tokopedia's taking over the world in Indonesia. Right. What was the environment like? back then back then i think most most parents would still see internet as a uh, you know you just want to play games or go to this forum and probably watch porn or whatever right <laughs> so it, it was never taken seriously as a business okay uh it was you know it's just a hobby thing right uh and most parents see it that way i think um because it wasn't um taken as seriously uh as a, as an industry as a business at that time more and more people were working incredibly hard to prove that you know these you know a lot of money can be made mm-hmm. into the into the whole, whole internet thing and one of the first companies who managed to break that barrier was this company called Cascus yes. and one of the largest internet forum in Indonesia at that time mm-hmm. um and even now I still is still pretty big True. and uh, at that time uh it was 
filled with basically like Reddit, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. pure democracy. Everyone can say whatever they want. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, you know, they have everything from politics, from hobbies, from again, porn, pirate software, anything illegal. It's it's out there. Until they they managed to secure a big uh, project uh, from BCA. Okay. So apparently, before even they they close the project, uh, they they secure the project. Which year was this? Sorry, I would probably say oh six oh seven. Wow. So okay. they they managed to clean up actually. Mm-hmm. So they they remove all the illegal stuff and make it more um more attractive for brands. Of course, I mean, sure. if you want to go like for for bank uh, as your client, you want to you don't want to be associated mm-hmm. with all these negative things. Mm-hmm. So they had like maybe like two three years of cleaning the brand, cleaning the platform as well, and uh, uh, and that worked incredible for for those guys. The users are more, uh, for the lack of a better word, civilized in a way. So, sure. uh, but it is much cleaner. It's positive uh, as a brand, and they managed to close all these amazing you know projects from. You know, all the banks, automotive companies, all these amazing, you know, brands. Right? Must have been such a massive task to clean up back then in 2005, six. Yeah. Right. I mean, just imagine. I can, I can only imagine it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, uh, I mean, the, the Twitters and the Facebooks are still struggling. Yeah. And and Anthony Lim was one of the team, one of the person in that that team. Oh, wow. That okay. Cleaned up Costco's. Wow. Uh, again, my mentor, amazing mentor, and. Uh, Obviously, it's a gigantic task. Yeah, but somehow they managed to pull it off. And uh, Cascos is the first uh, company that kind of takes internet into a whole new level, especially in Indonesia. That, oh, actually, you can make money off of it. Um, and then more and more companies uh, starting to, you know, uh, launch. And then uh, back then there was Tokopedia, Bukalapak. Again, there was still a time where tech is like, uh, you know, they probably. You want to have fun, maybe three mm. years, three years, you know, we'll give it maybe mess four years, right? Mm. Um, it wasn't until investors putting, uh, you know, uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars into these, you know, new companies mm-hmm. and, and people start to pay attention. One of the key mon- monumental event was uh, this company called Copro got acquired by Yahoo, okay. a local local uh, uh, social media uh, site. What What's the name again? Copro. K-O-P-R-O-L. Okay. I actually just met the founder a few hours ago. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, we, we caught up uh, and, uh, uh, you know, for the for the wake. Uh, but yeah, it, that really put Indonesia in the map. Hmm. Everyone was paying attention. It was like, why is Yahoo back then a Silicon Valley giant? And Yahoo was a massive name. Acquire a company in Southeast Asia in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. It was just so weird for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And that basically got the ball rolling. More and more people from Japan came. Hmm. See what the fuss is all about. China, South Korea, US, Europe all came to Indonesia. I remember because in in, in those days, like 20, uh, probably 10, 11, 12, lots and lots of foreign interests. A lot of people from all over the world came to Indonesia. I'm here to talk about the internet industry. Hmm. And at that time, there wasn't a huge bunch of people that you can talk to. Sure, sure. Just, Even the internet penetration was not that high, right? No, back then it was probably like 25, 35%. Um, and uh, it, it wasn't like BlackBerry was still king. 
to talk about the industry, all the analysis that we've hmm. done, um, uh, we become, you know, we've situated ourselves accidentally in the epicenter, epicenter of the ecosystem. And we grew from, from, from that position. Sure, sure, sure. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it, it, it would have been, it, it is a classic case of being at the right place at the right time. If anyone wants to get in, wants to understand the tech scene, Rama is the guy, uh, daily social is the place. Yeah get get yeah. it started we're incredibly lucky to be in that position how important is luck in in a founder's journey very at least for my entrepreneurial journey um it's you lost a very large entrepreneurial journey yeah. so if if you say that luck plays a crucial role i think we have to take it on face value sure i mean some people call it luck some people call it momentum some people call it perseverance some people call it something else but it's it's that x factor hmm. right where you don't know what the world is bringing in the next couple of months mm-hmm. and somehow there's i mean there's there's only two ways right you either make it or you don't correct it's for some reason unexplainable uh, to science and yeah. you know i'm here now Correct. Um, and I'm saying if you if you start putting the chain of events together, at times a lot of it does not make sense. Absolutely. I mean, Web three is a good example of that. All the charts, all the charts were, you know, going that. And the gurus out there on LinkedIn, oh, they had they had taken over my LinkedIn page. Oh yes, I've 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 left Twitter simply because there's too many Web three and NFT scams on Twitter. Uh, somehow they they managed to get into my inbox. Uh, it was there, there's always this feeling that am I stupid? Yeah. Am I stupid? Are these are these all are all these guys correct uh, about it? What's happening? And, and and it totally makes sense, right? When they sell it, um, and you know, internet was like this back in the day. No one believed it. Correct. People, a lot of people think it was a scam, which is true. But this is how they sell everything. So, so this they started selling metaverse the same way. Yeah. This is the internet. Yeah. The way internet was in the nineties. This is the new thing. Web three, same thing. Yeah. That this is what internet was in the nineties. Now it's AI. But I, 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 again, I have a different feeling on AI. I believe AI has a general purpose. Yeah. Uh, like anyone and everyone can use it. So it makes sense. It is not for the privileged. The, the use case is very easy to explain Correct. to people. Correct. It's very easy. Productivity can be explained. Yes. You can use it. Like, how can I use AI? Well, remember when you type in, you know, uh, and Google will, will kind of complete the sentence for you? That's AI. Correct. Right? Correct. It's, oh, okay. I understand. No, I mean, that's not the same way with Metaverse and NFT and all, a lot of the technology in in in, in uh, Web3. Sure. And I'm a big believer in blockchain. Even until today, I'm a big believer in blockchain. Not necessarily NFT, mm-hmm. not necessarily crypto, not necessarily DeFi or whatever, right? Uh, DeFi, I kind of believe it's the future, but very far future. Sure. Um, but blockchain, I believe it. the technology itself can bring a lot of value. The core technology, core technology. It's, it's 
absolutely awesome. There are a lot of use cases for large scale projects. I absolutely agree. The like, the next the next biggest company in blockchain will have will not have blockchain in the marketing brochure. Sure, sure. Yeah, we wouldn't sell the blockchain. <laughs> yeah, we solve your problem. That's it. Correct. No one care about the th technology behind. Correct. It. We so, use the blockchain. Sure, but it's not going to be on the true. It's not going to a blockchain powered solution. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just a solution. I think they sold it too much to the investors. Probably the yeah. blockchain story. Yeah. And my biggest problem was what they built on top of blockchain. I mean, I mean, it, it's like if, if 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 you've gotten a gold mine, yes. you you better make ornaments out of it. Yeah. Don't make a sword. Yeah, true, true, true. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Bef before we move to the next leg, next part of your journey. I would want you to share a few milestones which which you as a founder you feel you have achieved in your daily social journey. So and don't be humble, please. Sure, uh, I'll do my best. So, sure. uh, the the first biggest milestone will be when I secured the uh, the seed funding back then. Back then, talk talk a bit uh, more about this. So it was uh so I met Anthony uh Anthony Lim and, and Danny Oi, both from GDP Venture. Both are still active uh in uh you know in, in, in GDP Ventures until today. Sure. Uh they both have been just amazing, cool guys to hang out with and learn from. Um you know, we would hang out, we would do do uh, uh some events together. Uh I assume from their part they're just gonna see like how's this kid gonna yeah, 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 yeah. manage things? He's engaging. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're engaging with me. Yeah. They're, they're engaging my capabilities, my mm. commitment, all that. And uh, I, I obviously I didn't think any of that at that time. I was just focusing on, you know, getting things done. Um, and uh, it, was, it wasn't until like probably in the mid of, we were doing like a, a roadshow events in a few cities. And I remember we were in Georgia and uh, you know, hey, let's 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 have dinner. Let's talk. Like, okay, well, what's up? Is it? What do you think about uh, if we invest in your company? Yeah. Keep in keep in mind that I I I I don't come from money. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of money will be given to me, a 23, 24 year old kid, for this company that I have no idea how how we got there. It was I was very close at that time. But apparently, people believe in this idea that mm. they want. They put money where their mouth is, mm. and uh, for me, that's an amazing achievement in on itself. Simply because, wow, I can actually sell my idea. You know, that was that was the whole the whole thing, right? Sure. This is just an idea. It was inside my head. It's now in the form of a website, mm. not not a full fledged business yet at the mm. time. Um, and somebody actually wants to invest money in this. For me, that was. Amazing, and at that time I got two term sheets. Okay, one from those guys, uh, the GDP Ventures guys, and one from one of the earliest venture capital company in Indonesia. Okay, you want to um, name them? No, it's okay. Yeah, let's not. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I just just taking a pause on this point. Yeah. A twenty-three-year-old uh, gets a term sheet. Term sheets are full of jargons. Sure. I don't know how complicated your term sheet was back then. We have, at Kirtatik, we have just received our first institutional term sheet. Congratulations. It's a term sheet. <laughs> but thank you. 
uh, yesterday yeah. and uh, my first look at it uh, we are first time entrepreneurs sure. right all of uh, all of us at kartik i was very excited about the term sheet but as soon as i start reading it i'm like is this english <laughs> i mean what did i study <laughs> Legalese, legalese. So really, it is. It was so overwhelming. Right. Uh, there's drag. There is carry. There's preemptive. Uh, <laughs> what are these words? It's like you're going to war. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So how how was how was that? I mean, being twenty three, twenty four, getting a term sheet. Uh, was it a simple term sheet to understand, or was it a complicated term sheet back then? How was it? I don't remember. I. I don't remember the exact content of the term sheet, sure. but I remember signing it. <laughs> done, done. Yeah, heads first. Yeah, heads first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look back. Uh, again, not necessarily the best advice. <laughs> again, I was young. I was stupid, and uh, still is. Yeah. Uh, but I. You were lucky, also. You had Anthony. Exactly. Uh, Anthony so, also. Yeah. I mean, I like to trust those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, I, I doubt that. I mean, back then I known them for like maybe six, seven months, so it was a lot of gesture of trust from my part. But um, it's just so cool, so cool. Those guys know what they're doing. They 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 successfully, um, uh, you know, save in basically Costco, uh, and and I really like that story. And uh, at that time, I had two options. Unfortunately, you know, they for one for a reason I have no idea why back then. Um, I can only choose one, you know. So I either go with the the GDP guys with Anthony and Danny or this other VC. Maybe because uh, you liked them. Sorry. Maybe because you liked Anthony and his team. I I, I obviously actually I like both. Mm-hmm. I like Anthony better obviously at that sure. time because you know we've done things together. Uh, but this other VC, they're also first. They still exist until today. Sure. One of the largest actually. Sure. And uh, I don't know whether I made the right choice or not. I never you know never know. Uh, but I I went with with GDP with Anthony and sure. uh, Downey and and they've been an integral part of uh, you know the firm until today. Very nice. So that's the first milestone. Let's talk about the second milestone. The second milestone would be um, when we cross uh, our first one million dollar revenue. Uh, that was a long time ago in twenty eighteen. So that was when we first crossed one million dollar revenue, which was uh, a very, very big deal for for for, for a founder, uh, and we were profitable that year. Sure. And um, uh, we moved to a very nice office in Kamang. In hindsight, it wasn't the best decision. <laughs> you're profitable now; you're wasting money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, in hindsight, not a not the best decision, not my best time as well. Uh, but we really did have fun in that that huge office with sure. we had pools or all that stuff. Super awesome. And what's amazing for me, and and when I say the the biggest milestone is that's that enables yeah. the milestone that that I'm about to tell you. And that's the sense of the true sense of of brotherhood and family with the company uh, uh, employees. Sure. And the bond that we that was the 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 peak season. Uh, for for daily social at that time, oh wow! It, the team is just so amazing, amazing group of people, super talented, super committed, um, and we had fun as well at the same time. So it really doesn't look like going you working. Yeah, yeah. I, I I never felt like uh, good morning. Now I have to, <laughs> to the office. Like no, I'm just heading to the office and sure. 
hang out with some of the most brilliant minds uh, in the industry. Even um, because it was in Kemang, hmm. it was strategically placed. A lot of my friends were like, hey, can I come to the office? I'm not at the office today. It's okay. Can I just hang out at your office? Oh, oh, oh. because it's so comfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, the vibe is good. The vibe is really cool, and uh, they would just, uh, you know, uh, hang out, you know, besides the pool, sure. you know, drinking beer and all the eating pizza, right? Uh, while while you know meeting, doing meetings, uh, and all that stuff. Even you know some of the scene, like big big CEOs, they used to like, hey, I I I need to escape. Can I come to? I need to get a chill, chill pad. Yeah, man. This work has been overwhelming. I need to, I need to lay low a little bit. Can I, can I, uh, can I, can I hang out with with you guys? Like, yeah, come, come, come. Yeah, it's that's the best place to be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in a media place. <laughs> so it it was fascinating, and but in a way, I guess it kind of uh, built the essence of what daily social is. Sure. And I always tell my team that. We're not just going to be on the side writing about what happens in the field. I want all of us to be moving things forward. forward. I want us to be in the middle of it all and yeah. actually make things happen. Do introductions, um, you know, uh, help launch uh, a startup or or launch your own startups. I don't care, right? Just don't write about things hmm. only. Hmm. You want to write, write, but make sure you can learn as well. As a, as a writer, you learn, right? It's a very, it's a very good school, sure, right? For, for when you when you interview amazing people, that's the best school you can get. Like, even you know all the best MBAs sure. get, right? So, um, make sure you're not just writing about it. I should do. I I, I I'll ask you one, probably a slightly controversial question. What is the worst thing about running a media company? What is the worst thing? Oh, that's easy. I don't think it's controversial at all. Money. Money. Why is you, it? You, you are not running a media company to make money. Then put it that way. Mm-hmm. If you want to be, uh, if you want to make a lot of money, uh, do something else. Mm-hmm. Media shouldn't be about the money. Sure. Um, and if you're asking me about, you know, Rupert Murdoch would, would disagree. Well, media is one of his Yes. It's not exactly his most popular Correct. ones, but it gives him access, the visibility, the visibility, network, knowledge, all the information goes through him. I think one of the most crucial ones is the ability to make an impact. It's it's amazing how media can yeah. shape you people's can, you, behavior. Yes, I mean you can shape futures, you can shape government policies, a lot of things. more, and that's. If you choose to capitalize on that, that's how you're gonna make money. If you choose so, sure. What What are your thoughts on uh, What are your thoughts on uh, news consumption on social media, and also the rise of different handles, like for example, e-commerce, the MERS uh, sure. uh, in Indonesia. There are similarly a lot of other handles all across the world. What are your thoughts on that? Well. E-commerce is not e-commerce yeah. that account. Um, I respect what they're doing, uh, but I don't think they're a media company. Sure, uh, media should be about transparency, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't report on media. They just reshare what other people have said. Correct to them via DM. Correct. Uh, I don't consider that hmm. uh, media, especially if you're uh, you know you're anonymous. Yes, and I think uh, you know people can enjoy it. 
for for whatever reason they enjoy all those you know uh, anonymous accounts and you have to be careful as well because again i can do i can send them something bad and then he would who he or she would republish it sure. without you know checking without you know fact validating or validating the news mm. um and the best they can do is is this true and then we have to figure it out mm. and what's the worst part about it is people don't do do that old fact checking. They just say when 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 the account says is this true? Yeah. Is it possible that this news is true or this gossip is true? They just oh it must be yes. This this sounds like my mother. My mother says I she tells me something. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is false. Where did you read this? She's like WhatsApp. Yeah. Same. Same. And uh, I think Indonesian people are are getting smart though. Uh, they're not. They don't. They don't consume it whole. Mm-hmm. And take it with a grain of salt. They they they're now smart enough to see, but it's very enjoyable though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, reading those news accounts and some say it's a oh, it's actually a whistleblowing um uh, account. I don't think so. Um, in, in a sense, it is. In a sense, it is. Mm-hmm. But as a if you have to give a fair uh chance for the companies in question hmm. to actually respond to it respond to it whether it's true or false Correct. um and again i don't know if they're they've done that or not uh i know they're doing the podcast now as yeah. well which is cool mm-hmm. uh, i think that's the you know they they adjust to what the customers need i guess these days um so yeah i think starting a media it's it's always challenging Mm-hmm. Um, but it requires integrity and transparency. Uh, Absolutely, and, and I think that's yeah, that's the essence of a media law. Absolutely. Uh, what about general news consumption on social media? Just in general, because from what I see, more and more people are consuming their daily dose of news from from Twitter, from Instagram. Yeah, it, it's what's missing is context. Hmm. As news gets shorter and shorter, mm-hmm. um, it people uh, become incredibly fast to decide, hmm. which is not necessarily yeah. a, a good thing, especially if you're missing the context. I especially uh, I agree completely. Especially I feel because uh, whenever there is a context being given on social media, it becomes more clickbaity. They make it very clickbaity so that you click and you read the full uh, news, yeah. right? You they are not really giving you the correct context. Yeah. They'll probably put in that one line of gossip out there, yeah. which will be in the article, yeah. but it does not represent the whole article. It's it's a very challenging industry. I'm right? sure it's a very challenging industry because it's driven the the incentive is driven by clicks. Correct. Clicks doesn't necessarily means a good quality content. Content, correct, correct. It just means that you have a good headline that attracts people to correct. click on it. Correct, right, correct. Um, and and that that gives media companies an in, an incentive to focus on their headlines and not their content. True, true, and true. and they want to deliver their essence quickly and short instead of. Contextual correct, and correct. completely factual. Correct, correct, uh, correct. This is incredibly problematic. Sure. Um, but I know a few Indonesian companies are doing amazing things on mm. that. Uh, and I think it's very important as a media company, uh, aggregators such as Katite, right, um, to give a full context on sure. not just like, I mean, 
somebody is okay, hmm. right? But you want to make sure that the context is context is clear in the summary. Exactly, and that's that's exactly what we are doing. And right, we want yeah. to give the context out there in the right. summary. What what's 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 you know companies like Twitter, like TikTok, and and a lot of media companies have been mis- misusing these you know platforms as a as a news delivery or information delivery platform because they remove the context. Correct. So people don't get the context. They True. just want the headline. True. What True. is the takeaway? That's it. What happened? This happened. Okay, that's it. Like they True. don't know why it happened. They don't know how it helped. Have actually happened, right? True. True. So that 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 uh, you know can lead to a lot of bad decision making, which is dangerous in the long run. Sure. Uh, a lot of companies, a lot of organizations have been trying to fight, you know, uh, fight back in a way mm-hmm. to get more and more people to be. Um, you know, to, to educate them and to make sure that our digital literacy is is just as fast hmm. as digital inclusivity. And this is a very problem, big problem as well, when inclusivity actually becomes number one priority. So people have access, but they don't tell you how to use it correct. correctly. So true, that's true. that's a very problem. And, and I believe that in order for an industry or a, a society to function properly in terms of digitalization, the inclusivity needs to be equal with the literacy as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Cannot agree more. Cannot yeah. agree more. Okay. So, uh, on the other important part, especially on the news side, uh, we cannot cannot have this podcast and not speak about fake news. Okay. So. Uh, my personal belief is that fake news travels for much longer period than the real news. Yeah. Uh, what I believe is that fake news basically goes from one part of society to another part of society. It will probably, let's say, first come to people like you. Mm. And after a while, you will figure out that this is fake. Right. But by that time, it will go to one level below. Yeah. Then they keep going. Probably, let's go. It'll reach the kampungs and it'll stay for a while. Right. Then it'll go on to someone else. It just stays there. Yeah. It just stays there mm. uh, for a very long time. I think it's mostly because the news that goes viral are usually incredibly good or incredibly bad. Yeah. yeah it, the ones in the middle. Yeah. You know, they don't get so much traction. Yeah, that, yeah, that is information. It's yeah. treated as information. How how do how how if 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 it, if you had the power, how would you manage this whole problem of fake news? Oh my God, that's a that's a ten billion dollar question right there. Yeah. Um, what are your ideas on that? Just just share your idea. I have no idea on that part. I need to do my proper research before coming to. to to, to even have an idea on how to solve that, but it requires it's a multi-dimensional problem. Sure, right. So yeah, fake news is a multi-dimensional uh, issue. It requires all the stakeholders to sit at the same table, hash one out. Um, but it's mostly about uh, the incentive, hmm. right? Um, media companies they they have in terms of incentive, they only make money from ads, or they make money from sponsors like long-term sponsors usually political Correct. parties um, or partitions right yeah you don't make money but we'll reward you when i got like yeah, that, yeah, or yeah. something like that right yeah. so um that doesn't necessarily 
incentivize all these com- uh, all these media companies mm-hmm. to deliver the best, sure, uh, high quality, factual news. True. Um, this this of course there's an exception. Companies like Washington Journal, New York Times, this amazing job. They've been doing an amazing job for hundreds of years. Correct. Tackling this this problem, they figured it out from from day one. Basically, people need to pay for news, even the digital one. Yes. Mm. They've been very stringent about that from the very beginning. They're very clear. You and you know you cannot buy out yeah, companies like like New York yeah. Times. You can't pay, hey, please cover me, I'll I'll pay you something. They, they don't give two hoots about no. you. <laughs> They're like, if it is worth it, we'll cover you. Their journalist probably makes more money than than, than us. So <laughs> they, they get very well paid. Indonesia is not exactly there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, some companies are going there uh, in that direction. Um uh, to tackle, uh, you know, uh, uh, fake news, but the again, this is on my limited knowledge on this sure. particular subject. Uh, I believe that the unilateral move is to increase the digital literacy. Hmm. Once you increase the digital literacy, that people know that you shouldn't, they shouldn't believe anything, sure. everything they see on the internet. Sure, uh, and they they have the capability and they have the access to fact check. Uh, uh, and and to learn about a certain subject and sure. and say you know what I've learned about the subject and it's wrong sure. it's not factual I, I I have one idea okay I mean and this is for anyone listening as well so I have one idea if we can have one space be it a website for example which basically puts out only fake news right all fake news which is out there in the market you just Pull all the fake news and keep it over there. Mm. So that people know that, hey, listen, this is fake. I see. Right? They would have made a lot of money from advertising. It's it's a repository. <laughs> it's a it's a repository of yeah, fake news. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's very quick. Yeah. You can basically come to the web, <laughs> yeah. just check, okay, this headline or oh, this yeah, but, fake, but fake, that fake, requires uh, an initial effort from people. Correct, yeah. correct, correct, correct. Same, massive, with, massive, same, massive. same with the literacy idea. Correct, of mine. It's correct. Uh, Correct. And and I know for a fact that a lot of people have been doing, doing you sure. know, tackling this issue, especially with the incoming um, presidential election. Oh, that's going to be massive. Yes, yeah, Twitter, Meta, everyone is already involved working with the government to make sure, sure. not to, to influence information, but of course to make sure that uh, people have actually have the full context. This this is my problem. To consume what yeah. information? This is this is exactly my problem. I actually wrote about this in a blog also mm-hmm. recently. My problem with recommendation engines is that it creates a massive bias. Yeah, but that's that's how they're incentivized. Same with with YouTube, right? With Instagram, with TikTok. Once you once they know you like a certain subject, they will do their best to make sure that you continue to. Consume content. That it's is all fine with music for me. It's uh, all fine with, fine with art for yeah. me. But when it comes to news, like just just to give you an example, let's say I am someone who is right leaning in my political opinions. The recommendation engine will basically ensure that I get content only about the right wing, and make sure that you ended up in the extreme right. Extreme right. And gradually, I as a you as I as a human will start feeling that everyone is right wing only, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then information bubble. It's it's a massive information bubble. So I don't have the full context. Uh, context. Plus, the bias is so strong that I'll hate anyone in the left. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right? Because I don't know their viewpoints at all. Yeah. I don't know what they stand for. I don't know what their ideas are. So, I mean, I am not informed. I am reading, yeah. but I am not informed. Yep. I'm consuming a lot of content, but I'm not informed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just don't know how to solve this. Yeah, yeah. It's a very big problem. I, I think mean, not, not just Indonesian problem. It's, it's a global problem. It's a global problem. So, at least at Kirtitik, what we have done, and we have, we have made that decision from the very beginning that we will not use a recommendation engine. Yeah. And we produce massive amount of content yeah. because it's short form, right? Yeah. It's like every day we are producing close to 500 summaries. Mm. It will be very easy to just add a recommendation engine and understand Rama Come for one week. Increase just, the engagement. Yeah, just increase. But it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because it will not give you complete context of what is happening in the world. Yeah. right? Or what is happening in Indonesia for that matter. This brings me to the next question. Is uh, My question is about AI in news. Mm. What are your thoughts on this? Positives, negatives, both. Well, nothing is all positive and nothing is all negative. So there's definitely a negative side and there's a, a positive side as well. Positive side, uh, we don't need to do a lot of the grunt work that yes. used to be required. Sure. It takes faster to create an article. It takes faster to create a factual information to check whether it's factual or not. Um, but also it's very dangerous because it's like I, we always say in Indonesia, it's like a knife. Yeah, right. It can be used to prevent crime. It Correct. can be used to do crime. Do the crime, yeah. So it's a double-sided sword, and it's um, uh, uh, of course it has a lot of negative impact. Right? As as we've seen, uh, the past couple of weeks, past couple of months, more and more uh, fake information that is packaged incredibly well by AI. Yeah, it actually looks factual, which is incredibly uh, makes it incredibly difficult for. Uh, consumer or you know people to actually check whether uh, this news is valid or not. To be very honest with you, I, uh, uh, I, I when when I first you know you know the 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 article that was spreading a vi it went viral in the U.S. a couple of weeks. Yes, 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 right? yes. And yeah, I always thought like, wow, it took a while to to come up with this. I I expect that mm -hmm. that would come sooner, but apparently it hasn't. Uh, it took them a while to to kind of get. That one big story that turned out to be fake. But there's going to be more and more of this, uh, I believe. Uh, and this is a part of the civil uh, civility in a company. Sure. And uh, civility mandate, I think, is important because as a company, you have basically, right, you have two mandates. One, you have to be, you have to maximize shareholder value. Mm -hmm. uh, but what what a lot of people, uh, a lot of businessmen tends to forget is it's not just stake, uh, it's not just shareholder, but also stakeholders. Stakeholders, correct. Uh, and, and you cannot maximize um, shareholder value uh, sustainably if you forget about your stakeholders. Correct. And this includes your consumer, the society, the earth, the planet that you're living in, right? Yes. This is where the sustainability part, uh, you know, kicks in. You have to make sure that you're not just making money from these people. You have to make sure that these people uh, can continue give you money, give you incentive sure. in the long run, not just sure. five, 10, 20 years, mm. in the long run, no. hundreds of years. Yes. Um, wh when you have a hundred year horizon or 
hundred year vision, like I'm creating this company for my kids, for example, yeah. right? You'll think differently about true. how you make money. True, true, true. Like you don't want you know you don't want this company just to, you know, make money quickly, sell it and then, you know, uh, uh you know, uh exit right and retire and disappear sounds like 2021 to me which which is which is fine if yeah. you just, if you want to do it you know go ahead but it's, if, when you're as big as um you know come you know all these tech giants yeah you have to make sure that you're actually moving society moving humanity sure. in a sustainable direction as well one of one of my biggest problems with uh, with ai in news media is that lot of history is being rewritten mm. using AI, yeah. uh, especially in the in the Western style yeah. right now, where they are rewriting a lot of medieval history by creating deep fakes uh, in terms of images, uh, writing beautiful articles yeah. which are absolutely fake, mm. right? Which are absolutely fake. Like I, I I'll give you an example. Uh, wherein there was an article written that how Hitler was not actually anti-Jew, but it was his uh, his subordinates. Right. And it is a massive article. Yes. My problem is that there will be so much of digital content, mm. probably let's say 100 years from now or 50 years from now, that it will be very difficult to disapprove which one is correct. Yeah. Or which, I mean, which one's wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very chaotic, unless there is a lot of measures which are being put by the government. Yeah, especially on the news side. I'm purely talking from a news perspective. There are a lot of benefits. I completely agree. Uh, content making becomes easier. Uh, creation. Oh, yeah, but and not, honestly, it's not if if the other side is if that's how the other side of the table is our humanity coming to an end. Right? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean. Look, we cannot stop AI, that's for sure. Yeah. It's just that we need to figure out how do you manage it? What kind of regulations can be put it, uh, put out? I'm not I'm not an expert in AI. Uh, Neither am I. So, I mean, we are, we are talking just our minds out here. But even the experts are worried. <laughs> People are not, you know, slow down. You know? yeah. When, the, when the, the, the experts already said that, then you both slow down. All, if you watch all Armageddon movies... That's how it started. Yeah. All disasters, all disasters started because politicians or people in power don't listen to scientists. Now it seems like an AI race, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an AI race. And the problem is when you say that slow down, the problem is that there is one player which is 100 steps ahead. Yeah. And yeah. now you're asking everyone to slow down. Yeah. So the other so the one, other like, boss, like, yeah, yeah. let me reach 100 steps first. Yeah. Who's going to define that? Who's going to control it? I mean, I think that yeah, is a, cap it. it's, it's a different podcast altogether. I feel. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move uh, to the second half of your professional journey, which is your investing side. Uh, you're also now running a venture capital firm. Talk more about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I've been angel investing for quite a while. Uh, and I've been mentoring startups for a lot more. Um, some of the companies that I mentor, some of the companies that I advise, um, actually become very, very successful. Uh, and you want to name some? 
No lah. Okay. At least I'm not on that cap table. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, mentor. But, yeah, but yeah. Then I was like, wow, these guys are so successful. So if I had, I should have the, put that check. Yeah. <laughs> No, even some of them are, you know, were giving me like, hey, can I, can I, I do on the tape table, you know, one, two percent, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know what? It's all good. You guys can come to me, whatever, whatever, you know, whenever you need help, blah, blah, blah. I'll help out. And I keep helping them out sure. until today. But man, I couldn't get to think, you know what? If I have taken some would have exited by the way, by, by now. One actually, yeah, <laughs> I would have made uh, quite a bit of money on, uh, on that company. But anyway, um, So I have that that unofficial track record as an as an angel investor as well. Um, so this year, uh, when you know, oh, sorry, last year actually, when everyone was, you know, uh, having difficulties raising money, uh, it seems like the tech world was on fire. Even until today, uh, we decided to you know me and my my uh, my general partner uh, Amir and Gaurav, um, you know what? Let's Let's gather some capital. It's just a small amount of capital. Let's mm. let's try this, right? Mm. And um, again, for for us, I think one of the key things why we have uh, we come to the conclusion to, to 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 jump in into this whole new world is something uh, that we see as a value is the daily social itself. Mm. So we, you know, based on the assets that we've built uh, for for more than a decade now, one and a half decades actually. Um, We have the network. We have the information. We have the the capability. We we are in the epicenter of the industry. Everything goes through us. Um, you know, uh, I I think this is a perfect value proposition. On, you know, now we can do more than just advising. Okay. We can actually get you capital, capital to, okay. to help you run things smoother, right? And whatever I I I'm, I've I've done like maybe thousands of intros. Hmm. every year True. a uh, investor a this is my buddy founder a you know is looking to raise you guys can meet and chat blah 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 and and now now you're putting a structure to it you know when when investor when i do those invest uh, investor uh you know intros now they would ask me are you, are you investing in this company oh yeah hmm. that's that's a, a step of approval at least for 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 my standard sure and Again, we're very lucky because that subject actually meant something in this industry, and we're very uh, fortunate to work with some of the best entrepreneurs in the region uh, that trust us as 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 our LP. Sure. And uh, for us, that's the additional value of why we become venture capital. Hmm. When we say we can help you founders scale, we've done that before. Sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Right. You know. So it's it's. Uh, You know, for us, I think that that founder operator kind of background gives a very good edge to to us as a venture firm, but also the network of our LPs. Yeah, the amazing founders. Some of them are exited already. Some of them IPO'd. I mean, these are the kind of founders that the kind of mentors you want. Sure. You know, advising you, right? So sure. I think that's the whole value proposition on and and the reason why we decided to start uh, DS uh, X Ventures. Uh, how do you? Uh, what? What? I mean, are you a sector agnostic, or do you focus on particular sectors? So we are sector agnostic, pre-seed or seed uh, only, Pre-seed. and we like to call ourselves Indonesia first. Okay. Uh, meaning that we invest in, in companies that solves Indonesian problem first. Sure. Uh, this doesn't necessarily. It's a. 
Indonesia-based company or in, in Indonesian founders necessarily, <laughs> but as long as it solves Indonesian problem in Indonesia, we're you know we're all for it. Okay. Um, and so far, I think we've worked with an amazing amazing group of founders. So far, we've invested in eight companies. Um, all of them are in B two B space. We we kind of open. We invest in B two C as well. Sure. But so far, hasn't uh, found a good match for. Sure, that match. And well, what kind of be, ticket size do you operate on? Between fifty to two hundred k, pre-seed and seed. Okay, okay. So I, I was reading the other day that you're uh, you're in process of raising your fifteen million. Uh, Correct. Our fund. debut fund. Debut fund. Yeah. Okay. How how do you plan to use that again? Just to uh, uh, it it is more to distribute more. Or you want to like go Series A and uh, how, so what what do you have in mind? This fund is really just focusing on, on early stage funds. Okay. So we'll invest. Um, of course, we'll we'll invest in a few subsequent rounds for our top performers. Sure. Uh, but essentially, it's it's you know for us, it's not it's more than just capital. It, capital is important. I get it. Hmm. Um, but now, for us, capital is more to make sure that we're we have skin in the game. Sure. To make to ensure the founders that we're all for you, man. Yeah, yeah. Help you all go yeah. all the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, well, we've done that before. Sure. Right. And we've helped founders, you know, fundraise and all that stuff. But now we get a bigger skin, uh, you know, in the game. Sure. Because yeah. we have we have money on on sure. capital as well. And when we say, uh, you know, we'll deliver value, we deliver value simply because we have value to deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, Rama, can you introduce me to this company? I either know that guy who works at that company, or I know someone who is, right? So, sure. or I know someone who knows someone yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, company, yeah. right? So, again, we're incredible, incredibly lucky because we have that that uh, vast network of people in the tech industry, in corporate companies, in MNCs, in in um, government agencies and regulators and policymakers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, that's that's the value of our uh, fund. It's Again, for us, capital, you know, we can only invest 50K, maybe 200K. Hmm. But what we can deliver is, you know, as an investor, you shouldn't deliver more than that. I mean, I can't agree more on this. Uh, so what, I mean, since since, the, since we've been fundraising uh, at Kurtatik has been, and we are all first-time founders, right? Mostly it's been angels. And the way... Uh, this this not I'm trying to generalize it a bit, but what we personally believe is that, especially at this earlier round, there has to be intangible benefits, be it in terms of tech guidance, product guidance, marketing guidance, uh, overall market understanding, uh, support, yeah, or just be out there if I want to have a drink. Because it it can be very lonely. It can be. You can have co-founders. Yeah, you can have co-founders. It still can be lonely, yeah. right? You need that external ear which is gonna listen to you crib cry, and at the end probably give you guidance or just probably tell you that hey, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, just chin up. Go, go. Just go. Get get it. Get it done. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can agree more, and and I think that's one thing that, as an entrepreneur, that's how I feel. Um, and I have this 
amazing group of people. Um, I'm very, I don't know what I did in my previous life to deserve <laughs> just to be in the same WhatsApp group and to discuss and to hang out with this group of people. All amazing tech entrepreneur. Everyone is in tech, but, sure. but it's just amazing. Right? Sure. And unfortunately, we we lost two of them um, uh, this year. So it's been a very big, big blow, uh, uh, which is why I'm dressed in black. I just came yeah. from, uh, you know, one of our colleagues um, actually passed away. But this group of people, they're all entrepreneurs. They're all founders. They're, they're either founders, entrepreneurs, investors, whatever, right? But but yeah. they, they, they've done that before. They've done all of this before. Uh, and so to be able to, to, to share with them all the things I can't share with my team, my co-founder, you know, all these things, it's just an amazing relief, uh, amazingly, uh, you know, uh, an open experience for, yeah. for a lot of founders. And I always encourage founders, get you one of those. Get get a, net, a small network of people that just, you know, hey, let's hang out, you know, uh, you know, and, and talk about things that you would you can't talk with, you know, your your partners, with your you know your team, with your investors, right? Um, because being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, being a founder is incredibly hard. No one should <laughs> experience this. <laughs> By I'm just starting, please. <laughs> no, it's truth, uh, But again, at the end of the day, it's worth it, which is what matters, right? I really hope so. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's an incredible, run. and and it gets tougher, uh, but the reward will get bigger as well. Sure, sure. sure. I th I think it's it's it's. I personally have a feeling that it it will be more about the journey. Mm. I mean, the reward, of course, the, there can be one end reward, but if the journey itself is rewarding, uh, exactly, uh, the, the adrenaline is out there, yeah. and you keep getting that satisfaction. I think that's more than enough. It it is a painful journey, but you know what? I got to hang out with my friends. I got to, to hang out with some of the brightest minds. Sure. I can learn from these people sure. and I can talk to with them. I can have drinks with them. I can share my stories with them and they can share their stories with me. I, you know what? It's worth it. So perfect, perfect, perfect. I think I think we are we are towards the end of the uh, the, the podcast itself. Uh, do you think uh, there's any question which you wanted to answer and I've not asked? Anything which you want to share with no, with the audience? All good. All good. How was your experience with us? Amazing. I haven't talked about a lot of things, <laughs> um, you know, for a while. Uh, but yeah, always happy to do all these kind of things to share with people. Perfect. Perfect, Chief. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on this podcast. Yes, guys. And hoping to see you and bringing you again sometime over here. Looking forward. Thank you, Chief. Thank you. Bye. Bye.